This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Well, it's uh, locally created, nationally celebrated from the northeast to the southwest. This is America's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it online, on air, on smartphone or on smart speaker. This, of course, is our auto expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl Jen. And she now says when we're driving into the show in the morning, oh, I better not say anything about that. You'll use it on the air. <laughs> That's exactly right. Why? why? Why are you hiding the truth from the American people? Because my opinion is just my opinion. Yeah, and, and then you're on the radio and you're supposed uh-huh. to share your opinions with people. I know. And educate and foster and exactly. help people understand facts. about vehicles. It's all about the facts. Yeah, but then you don't want me to, you don't want to say anything because you don't want to talk <laughs> about it. I don't want you to slam me on the air. <laughs> You know, I only repeat, have I ever lied about anything you've said? No, you just twist them a little I twi- bit. How do I twist it? I hate the grill on the new BMW. I hate the interior on the new Mercedes A-Class. Okay, see, that is not what I specifically yeah, yeah, said. Yeah, you no. said I hate. I no, hate I did words. not say hate. I yes, don't you hate. Did. I said no, I you... really don't like blah. Right, from now on, we're going to record everything in the car, okay. and we'll just play it back. There you go. There you go. What All did right. I say this morning about the Murano? I don't know. I turned off. It yeah, wasn't that okay. interesting. It wasn't, it wasn't airworthy. Thanks, Nick. It wasn't airworthy. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know. Yeah. So uh, what do we have? What do I have for you today? <laughs> Mark Gillis is going to join <laughs> us. We're going to talk about the brand new VW Jetta. Uh, packed full of technology. Uh, Anton Warman had told me last year this was his favorite car uh, for the best value because you, what you get in the brand new Jetta is huge amount, including Wi-Fi, of stuff. Mark Gilley is going to join us from VW. He's that other British voice you sometimes hear on the air. We're going to talk about my... I have had to keep my mouth shut about this for weeks because I've known about it and I didn't want to blow this whole interview. But we're going to talk to um, one of the guys from the UK. He's going to call us from the UK on today's show. We're going to talk about an app which I think is the most amazing thing ever, period, in history. It's called What Three Words? And uh, it it will revolutionize the way you navigate around the world. I'm just telling you. It'll and, and, and it's in new Mercedes and new Fords and it's gonna be in Jaguar. Well, what happens Andromas. if you're dyslexic? <laughs> okay, on to the next you one. You have other problems <laughs> with navigation. And this will not solve dyslexia. Uh, we'll give you the scoop on the new Supra. Been test driving the Supra. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Had two of them in my driveway, both the two-liter and the three-liter. Uh, if you're looking for a small SUV, we've had uh, one of Jen's friends who is a listener to the show who wants an under $25,000 SUV. And we are going to uh, we're going to discover what that could be. RV sales are going through the roof. Mike Cordell from Our Auto Expert joining us on the phone to talk about summer and how to get away and do it at a reasonable price and what most Americans will be doing traveling around the USA this year, uh, not flying to foreign countries. And we're also going to talk to uh, Nissan. Janelle Griggs will be joining us to talk Mm -hmm. about the new Rogue. New Rogue just announced uh, last week. And, of course, Anton Warman. He is always joining us on the show uh, and giving his... We like to call him Crazy Anton when he's Mm -hmm. not on the air with us. I think it's a bit rude to call him Crazy Anton to his face. Although I I probably would. 
Um, he's going to tell us how the auto industry is is working out and what's going on. So don't when forget our last guest. Oh, uh, our last guest. Yeah. Oh, uh, Lisa about the marquee. Yes. Yeah, Ford's going to be on talking about the marquee. Yes. I just got my final uh, um, ordering sheet for the marquee. Are you excited? So, uh, yeah, my friend wants to buy it off me already. Right on. He's like, can I buy it from you? So it's going to be an interesting vehicle. There's a lot of other things coming, including ID4 from Volkswagen. And talking of Volkswagen, uh, Mark Gillies <laughs> joining us on the phone. He is going to talk about the product and technology in the new Jetta. Uh, Mark, when Anton and I were talking um, la end of last year and deciding which we thought the best vehicles of the year were, we talked in depth about the new Jetta because Anton felt that it was probably the best buy of the year. And one of the reasons is what you get for the price in the Jetta is really unmatched by any other brand. Is that is that what VW wanted to do moving forward? Uh, make the Jetta really a, a high tech vehicle? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's always the aim. I mean, we we you know basically if you look at Jetta's profile, it's pretty young buyer. Um, people are very tech savvy, so you know one of the first things we made sure was that you know CarNet was uh, AppConnect rather, um, which is you know how we hook up Android and uh, Apple phones was was in the in the car, and we now have uh, in-car Wi-Fi capability. The top models have standard wireless charging, um, and yeah, I mean it's 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 based on the MQB platform, so it's it's the same as the Golf, it's the same as the Atlas, same as the Tiguan. So there's a lot of a lot of tech features in the car. You know, there's a, a configurable uh, digital instrumentation on the higher trim levels. Um, Things like um, ambient lighting that you can set up to your own, um, just basically set up anywhere you want. Um, so you know it's got a lot of lot of good features. There's a lot of um, configurability through the the uh, entertainment system. Um, so I think it's it's a it's a nice car for for, for younger people to play with because it has all that tech that they want nowadays. And we made I made the joke when I uh, when I was in college, like every girl in in college had one. I mean, it was that it, it's such a good value and it has been on 1979. I think it was first introduced um, and they're still under $20,000 sort of starting price. 3.2 million sold. Uh, it's really standing the test of time. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because obviously the Golf in Europe is the, the car that sells. But um, in the States, um, uh, you know, hatchbacks other than station wagons and SUVs have never really taken off. And the sedan has always been the vehicle of choice. And, yeah, I mean, I think if you go back even, I, I get into the States in, in the 90s and the Mark IV Jetta coming out, um, which was basically done under uh, Hartman Barker's uh, tutelage at, at, um, in design. And that was a really sharp-looking car with a, with a fantastic interior. And I think, you know, all the way along, the Jetta's been a good-looking car. It's always had been a great value. And, and I think, as well, it's important to remember it's, it's fun to drive. And, you know, if you look at the, the Jetta GLI, which is the sporty version of a Jetta, I mean, it's got basically all the same uh, mechanical goodies as a GTI these days. You know, same engine, uh, same uh, fancy limited-slip differential. Um, so bigger brakes, just like the Golf R. So it, it's... You know, it's been a good value all the way along, and it's always, it's always had that sort of sporty cachet, I think, uh, as you say, dating back to the first one. I, I, one of the things I, I'm very impressed with the Jetta is, after driving one, you know, recently, a, a, a fairly new one, is that it 
you don't really compromise a lot of that driving uh, enjoyment, whereas you might spend $20,000 on a different sedan and you'd get less tech. Uh, but the, the one thing you do notice is that the engines in these vehicles are just usually lackluster when you buy a sort of a sedan around under $20,000 and you can't have much fun. I mean, obviously, the GLI is a lot more expensive than that. But even so, these vehicles are... are you know they they have that core of fun to drive, and I don't think they've ever lost that, have they? It's something that that VW have always put in their vehicles is the fun to drive aspect, the element, the ingredient that a lot of people just sort of cancel out and put small little in, engines in that don't really do an awful lot. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, if you look at the the Jetta, I mean, it's got a pretty high tech engine. You know, a lot of lot of people um, have. Uh, relatively unsophisticated engines, but we've got a turbocharged direct injection, uh, all aluminum engine called the EA211, um, and you know it's it's a it's a, it's reasonably powerful. It's really great on fuel economy, and it gets 40 mpg on the highway, um, and it's a very modern, very sophisticated engine. Whereas you know, a lot of our competitors are using what well, it's tech term is is you know multi-point fuel injection rather than than di so you know we we sort of pride ourselves on pretty much all of our vehicles having uh, at least an option of a very modern high-tech turbo di engine i i know this might be a little bit sensitive and you'll understand where i'm coming from from this but um the sort of wagon never really took off in the united states i mean it was my favorite absolutely uh, version of this but it, it never really was uh, a big a big favorite of american buyers and as you said they seem to gravitate towards the sedan in fact i keep hearing from companies who are bringing the wagon back and last about three years and then it's like mrah, 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 you know the sales just are never good enough uh, but the wagon always is it, i mean presumably the wagon's still uh, a big seller in europe yeah, I mean, actually, we were just talking yesterday. We did the, a virtual introduction of the 2021 Arteon, um, and they're doing an Arteon wagon, which yeah. is drop drop dead gorgeous. But unfortunately, we don't we don't get here. But um, the wagons, you know, if it's Passat or um, Arteon, you know, they're they're predicting those wagons will outsell the sedans, and that's been the case for a while in Europe. Um, you know, with with the Golf Sport wagon, you know, I think. It, it when it was sold as both a Jetta and a Golf Sport wagon, we 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 sold good numbers, but yeah. over time you can just see the numbers tailing off, and it, it's basically people have gone from in wagons to compact SUVs. You know, compact SUVs are four and a half million a year segment nowadays, and and you know it sort of disappoints me because I prefer a wagon in in most regards because yep. you know you sit lower, yep. car handles better as a result because you've got a lower centre of gravity. They're just as versatile, um, and, and funnily enough, in Europe, um, where they basically make the differentiation between towing a brake and an unbraked trailer, yeah. you can tow up to 3,500 pounds with a wagon, whereas here, um, the towing is done on an unbraked trailer, um, so it, you, you, cut, you, don't, you can't really tow that well with a, yeah. with a small car like a, a Golf wagon, but it, you know, they make a huge amount of sense if you've got that kind of tow rating, um, and they're, they're compact and, and yet they still have great space utilization. But 
I'm afraid, you know, the, the, the buyers are going elsewhere. At you're moment. speaking to my heart, my friend. Um, hopefully they'll be available in uh, Canada, maybe, uh, at some point. We'll keep our fingers crossed. And, and by, by the way, the Arteon wagon, that was my first thing. When I saw the first pictures of it yesterday, I was like, all right, I want one. And then, of course, it's not coming to the United States. Mark uh, Gillies, thank you from VW. The Jetta, uh, definitely on your shopping list for under $20,000. More to come. Stand by. Here we go. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show. Our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear past shows, see our automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I've had to keep my mouth shut about this for uh, several weeks now, but I've been using it. I had the brand-new Mercedes-Benz AMG GLC 43 recently. And apart from having a whacking big engine and lots of beautiful sounds, it has, as part of its navigation system, something called what three words now i i think this is going to revolutionize my life i've been telling everybody about it asking them what their three words are but but far be it from me uh to explain it on the line from the uk chris sheldrick he is the co-founder and ceo of this magical little app so you have some great explanations on the website chris about uh what what three words is and how it works but uh, in your own words sort of give us a synopsis of how this app works and how it's going to revolutionize everybody's life that's listening right now sure so what three words is a global address system um, and we made this because actually addresses don't work that well. They're kind of invented in the 1700s, and we're still using them now in, in 2020. Um, so what we wanted to do is give a really simple name to everywhere in the world. So we cut the world up into 10-foot squares, uh, 10 foot by 10 foot, and there's 57 trillion of those across the world. And we've named each one with a unique combination of three random words from the dictionary. So something like table, chair, spoon is the name of one of our 10-foot squares. And you move across to the next one, and we've called it coffee branch pyramid, so on and so on, um, around every single one in the world. And so what you do is you look up the name of one of these 10 foot squares using the What Three Words app. Um, and let's supposing it is called Table Chair Spoon, and I sort of move the map around and I find the one for my exact front door. I could say to you, come to my house at Table Chair Spoon. You can then put those three words back into the What Three Words app to navigate here, or as you say, into a Mercedes-Benz car. So it's, it's kind of like uh, latitude and longitude or kind of, you know, like a location code. But all of the ones out there were just really long and complicated. So we wanted to make one which was really simple. And what can be simpler than just saying table, chair, spoon? And that's basically it. I, I know this because when I first came to America... I worked for 911. I used to uh, obviously go uh, on 911 calls, and uh, quite regularly we'd turn our lights and sirens on. We'd head over to this address that had made the emergency call, get there, go running in, you know, sort out some amazing problem. And what ended up happening? It was the wrong address, and purely like it could be, you know, north or south, or that, you know, there was similar addresses around town, but they didn't mean anything. So. More specifically, there are emergency services now that are able to use this to find people in hard-to-find places, right? That's right. So, I mean, now here in the UK, actually three-quarters of our emergency services across the country accept what three words. I mean, you can literally, if you break your leg in a forest and need an ambulance or an air ambulance quick, you can literally call them up and say, send an ambulance to coffee, banana, spoon. As crazy as it sounds. And they will locate you on the map to that 10-foot square and send, and send help. Um, and because even though we think that we can be like automatically 
location detected through our smartphones because they've got GPS in them. Actually, in a lot of cases, the emergency services don't have access to your location. So if you're in a national park, you don't really want to play that kind of lottery of, oh, you know, am I somewhere where it works or doesn't work, that automatic location sharing. You want to be able to use something like what three words to be able to communicate with services um, or someone you know and say, I'm exactly here to that 10 foot square. I'm watching everybody in the studios through all the glass windows getting on their phone and working out what their three words are right now, which is quite enjoyable for me to do because uh, obviously I've sort of mentioned it before. What, what, what Are you looking at yours, Jen? What is it? Commercials, cheeks, decking. Well, you see, but now now everyone knows where you live. Was That's that... fine. And Stevens, <laughs> Stevens is ramble keeps smoke. There you go. Now we can locate you, Jen, if we need to. Through what three words? That's You're fine. excited now. I'm coming to your house. I'm just no, putting those I in my Mercedes. Can, can I protest a word? <laughs> can I change a word? Listen, though, I, I said this to you just when we've talked before. Um, I, I'm hoping it was some computer program that just named all this because if it had to be done manually, that would have been a complete nightmare. That would have been fun. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be taking you millions and millions of years to do manually. Yeah, it's a computer program which, which literally names them all. Um, but, you know, if you're in a town or city, you're more likely to find table, chair, spoon. If you look in the Pacific Ocean, you're going to get longer words like, I don't know, dodecahedron, isosceles, cryogenic or something. <laughs> um, but we don't have many users in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. So there was a bit of logic as to how we assign the words. But, yeah, everyone likes doing it. Like, once you get the Walkthrough Words app, you just sort of go in and go, actually, hey, where's my front door? And actually, where's my back door? Because they've got different words. So it's kind of just a good initiation to understand the system. It's just finding where you live, where you work. It's fun too. I mean, it's hard for me because I get people who cruise my house anyway. I like I'll get people that will send me pictures of my front of my house. They found where I live, like you know, fans or whatever. They find where I live, so it's a little bit scary sometimes. So when I post this, I find an address which is near enough near so enough. I can see it, but not yep. actually my address. But I think they can figure it out with all the cars in the front. Yeah, well, they usually they'll drive by. Oh, that must be Nick Mars's yeah. house because he's got like all these cars parked in <laughs> the front. So they usually work it out. You know. Luckily, the driveway is long enough, so uh, it's sometimes a little hard for them to do. Jen also pointed something out to me earlier today, which is uh, you also offer sort of uh, pet engravings on their, uh, you know, for their tags that go on their collars with the what three words on those sort of things, so people can always return them home, right? Yeah, that's it. We, we've got all sorts of things like people have, to have, yeah, pet engravings. People like buy a sign because they want to hang it on their front door because they kind of think it's better than just the normal street address. Uh, I think like, that's the thing. It's, we've kind of made this world of three words a bit. Which once you kind of get into it, you can suddenly find, you know, we've got an app for the Apple Watch that you can then speak into if you want to navigate somewhere quickly on the move. Um, all, all these kind of things, like if you just look around the Walk Through Words website, I guess it's more than just being another mapping app. Right. In fact, our ultimate ambition is to not even be an app. We just want to be in everybody else's app right. so that you can use three words everywhere. I think I love that, by the way. And now I'm going to do that on my front door, by the way. Well, probably not. That's the last thing I need is someone coming and taking a picture of it. Jen, <laughs> stop. Now I've lost her for the rest of the show, Chris, because all she's doing is looking up addresses of different things. Calm down. This is right, so keep going, Jen. Keep okay, back. so renew dangerously quiet that is my aunt's house <laughs> you know, uh, in the, pennsylvania <laughs> the, good, the good thing is you also have uh you have 10 foot squares so you might have multiple so you don't have to choose the one you don't like you can choose the one that's easiest to... Look, that's we're... exactly i think uh, your front door can, can normally be one of at least two or three that you can probably choose between the people still find you well it's I on love... the website so anybody can go and just type in your address and figure out what your three words are this is amazing yeah, yeah. exactly 
Go visit the app. Uh, Chris, listen, thanks for coming on the show. This is, I, I can't tell anybody how excited I am. And it's right now in Mercedes. It's coming, I think, to Ford and Tata Motors, who own Jaguar Land Rover. They're going to have it as well. Stand by. When we come back, we're going to talk Toyota Supra. Nick Miller joining us to talk about this new car. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is our Auto Expert Radio Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can start a conversation with us, uh, have a car question, direct messages at Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. And some of the best news coming out this year is the fact that Toyota Supra gets a huge kick in the pants, uh, increased power, increased performance, and now two different models available in the brand new Supra. Joining us on the phone, Nick Miller uh, from the Toyota Supra marketing team. First of all, Nick, uh, I had both of these vehicles in my driveway, both the 2-liter and the 3-liter, and it was very difficult to decide which to drive. If you had them sitting in your driveway, which one would you drive? Uh, Nick, that is a tough question, and I guess I have a question back to you. Is what would your neighbors think when you had two Supras sitting in your driveway? Well, they already think that I deal in some kind of illicit criminal activity <laughs> because my driveway is full of usually I have 13 parking spaces, and I think Jen took the last one this morning when she pulled yeah, in the driveway. Did. So, did. so uh, it's usually a plethora of fun. Uh, but I did get a lot of people stopping by. The, the most fun thing was Jen and I drove both of them to the studio, mm-hmm. and when we were driving them to the studio, Studio, somebody pulled up next to Jen yeah. in a Supra. Mm-hmm. His was the numbered edition. Yeah, he, he got one of the the first year's numbered editions, and he yeah. opened the, the window, and he was chatting with Jen. And uh, well, tell us, Jen, what happened? Okay, so <laughs> they pull up next to me, and they roll down the window, and they're like, where did you get that car? And I'm like, well, it's the brand-new Supra, blah, 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 giving him all the spiel and stuff. And he goes, mine's numbered. And I'm like, well, that's good. He, and I said, well... Take a look now because you're not going to see this for a while. And he's like, can I take pictures? And I'm like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, he, I think he was like, what year is it? And yeah. And Jen told him it was a 21. And he's like, <gasps> what? I know. How did you get that? I know. And I got to get another one. And, and they took pictures of the car and then the light turned. So, so, so Nick, just thank us for at least one sale. Uh, yeah. let, let's get into it. So we have the three liter and the two liter. Uh, why did we decide to, to split off and, and get a, a second engine? Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. A lot of people ask that question. Um, you know, when we had the the first introduction of Supra 20 years after essentially being silent, and, and I'll tell you, um, I joined the company 19 years ago, so I missed Supra by a year. So I couldn't be more thrilled that, that it's actually back um, and, and on the market again. But um, two liter versus three liter. You know, I think when you take a look at uh, the consumers that, that want to go out and buy a Supra, there, there's probably different reasons for why they want to do it. Some, um, you know, for many, it's a second car, which is, which is great. Uh, it allows them to take that car out on the weekends and really enjoy a spirited drive or get out on the track. Um, and for some, it's a first car, you know, and, and as that first vehicle, um, having something that, that comes in a little less expensive than, than the three liter, um, is helpful there. You know, we just announced the price on that vehicle, so that, that the uh, the 2.0 is starting at just under forty-two thousand dollars. So that gap of, of roughly eight thousand dollars gives someone who buys the, the the two liter a lot of wiggle room if they want to go in and modify that car. Um, it's a lot lighter. It allows you, I think, maybe some more opportunity to get it out and really have some some fun on the track as well. 
you bumped up you bumped up the horse you bumped up the horsepower in the three liter this year though right we did yeah yeah that the horsepower got uh, a bump of 47 so it takes it up to 382 horsepower right now and 368 foot pounds of torque I mean, it, it's pretty ridiculous the amount of performance that vehicle has. I uh, uh, one of the things that is hard for me is the second I, you know, you always try to drive the lesser engine first, and uh, I didn't do that, and and <laughs> I kept driving the four cylinder, which I think is great value and is an amazing car. And by the way, the one thing I note after driving these vehicles is the balance in these vehicles mm-hmm. is amazing. Handles, like, like corners. Just corners and driving is, is amazing, this vehicle. But jumping up to the, uh, the three liter, it's like I would wait the extra six months to save up the extra $8,000 <laughs> or whatever because it's just such a fun car. And you can tell that, that Toyota put so much energy into making sure that this handled really well. But you are doing a special edition this year, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. We actually, um, and we named it the A91 edition. Uh, I think everyone knows the, the Mark V is the A90. And given... The, the modifications to the, the motor and, and manifold and everything. Um, our engineers did dub it the, the A91, so uh, we had a little bit of fun in thinking up some names for it, but landed on A91. Uh, and that A91, I'm, I can't wait to actually see one roll off the line. Uh, we're going to start building those in July. They were a little bit delayed coming off the line, so anyone that's waiting for them, I apologize. But uh, COVID, I think, got the best of, of everyone there, and our plant was shut down for a little while. But, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's going to come. Uh, we're building a 1,000 of them and two colors. One is going to be uh, 500 of, of them in nocturnal, that black, and then 500 in the new color for the line this year, refraction. And the special edition is the only one, uh, the only grade that you'll be able to get um, that color refraction. Oh, nice. Um, we added, a, yeah, uh, we added a couple things to it as well, um, including that exclusive blue paint, but it's got the matte black wheels. Um, it has a, uh, it's actually a carbon fiber rear lip spoiler that's uh, satin black right now. Mm. We put a racing inspired B pillar graphic on it, added the carbon fiber mirror caps. Um, and then in the interior, you've got this Alcantara leather black and blue combo, and it's, it's such a good looking car. I've been promised a, uh, a drive of one in the future, so I hope that they arrive soon. The, you know something, the, the two-liter, though, actually is very well-powered as well. If I look at competition, I mean, it has 255 horsepower. That, that's not too shabby. No, and then on top of it, I think one of the, maybe the understated, or not understated, but things that people overlook sometimes is 295 foot-pounds of torque. Yes. So um, the, the one thing I think it... it You've driven them, obviously, side, side by side, uh, as have I. And, and the one thing you do notice is when you, when you mash the gas in the two-liter, two um, you have a little bit more of that traditional turbo uh, spool up there. And then when that turbo kicks in, it's screaming off the line. And I do want to remind everybody that while it is uh, 255 horsepower, um, we, we are still getting zero to 60 times in five seconds. Yeah. So, it is our second fastest Toyota right now behind the six-cylinder. We may have tested that. Good <laughs> <laughs> to see what you guys thought about. Yeah, yeah. We, we took it on some dirt, uh, up some uh, very quiet roads. Yes. And, uh, you, and the freeway. You might want to check the tires. You yeah. might need to replace them. However, it was, it was, unfortunately, it was raining, so I couldn't uh, get crazy yeah. burnouts. I, 
I did do uh, on the launch, Nick, of the first Supra in Virginia, I did do the first burnout uh, and made the massive mistake of not watermarking it when I put it on Instagram. Uh, And it was stolen by about 200 different websites, except I will say that uh, Motor Trend did give me credit for it. But uh, (laughs) it went everywhere, went crazy. I think one one specialist site had about 800,000 views on it by the end of the first day. So it was... It was pretty great. I mean, people just love to see the Super Burnout. It's one of their favorite, and I'm I have clearly have never done that outside of a track and being even you know, though it's like <laughs> recorded in yeah. on millions of websites. Yeah. Yes, um, <laughs> a lot of safety, a lot of safety systems as well coming in this, Nick. Uh, safety systems? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's packed with Toyota's regular safety systems. Just because it's a high-powered sports car uh, doesn't mean that you didn't put all of the things that you'd expect from a Toyota in it. Oh, yeah. It's got a pre-collision system with pedestrian detection, um, lane departure warning with steering assist, so it'll gently correct you if you're wandering outside of the lane. Uh, Automatic high beams, brake assist. It has an electronic parking brake. Um, And then there's some packages. There's a package that you can add to it as well. Uh, It gives you dynamic radar cruise control, blind spot monitor with rear cross-traffic alert, and then there's parking sensors as well. So, um, it's really cool. The, the way the vehicle allows you to customize it, too, with just the push of the button, you can turn that stuff on and off. Yeah. So if you do decide you uh, want to have a spirited drive on the road and then pull it straight onto a track, I mean, it's track ready. Push a button, you can turn that stuff off, and then as you drive that car back home, uh, turn it right turn back, it back on. Turn it back on, yeah. So now having a 2-liter, does that open the Supra up for all of these 2-liter racing classes? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I have to dig in a little bit more to that from just from an actual racing standpoint. Um, but I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I wanted to remind uh, you and everybody that we actually partnered up with NASA, the National Autosport Association, at the launch of this vehicle. So that all of the, the 20 Supras come with a one-year membership to NASA, and that also entitles you to one complimentary um, high-performance driving event. And those HBDEs are all over the country. Um, it gives you an opportunity to spend a day in your new super on the track with some NASA instructors to kind of give wow. you this one-on-one instruction. Um, and then out on the track now, because of COVID, they switched over to a lead follow. But from what I understand, it's actually better because the drivers can, can watch you and watch the, um, the movement of the vehicle to help you correct. So that make you a better driver on the track and on the road. I I can't tell you how much I enjoy that, and then it just gives you another reason to buy the vehicle as well. Uh, when when are they going to be on sale? When are they arriving in dealerships? Yeah, so June 17th uh, is when we released pricing, and that's when our retail date started on the 21. Now, unfortunately, like I mentioned, Nick, the, the plant um, magnifier that builds Supra was shut down for a couple of months. Uh, it reopened around the middle of May, so we actually were able to squeak out about 400 retail units. They are sitting at the port and actually probably going into processing Monday. Nice. We shipped out to dealers across the country. So there will be about 400 of them that will be out there peppered around. And then um, the remaining production, once it gets here, will get processed and, and sent back out. So right. a little delay, but well worth the wait. Nick Miller, um, I can't tell you thank you enough. Thank you for getting me the vehicle. It, it was an absolute dreamsicle. Um, it's just amazing. It's an amazing drive. And if there's one thing you do in 2020, go ch- test drive both versions of the 2021 Super. If you can get your hands on one. 
Stand by, more to come. We're going to check out the RV industry, how that's changing. There's a brand new Nissan Rogue and Anton Warman. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Your smart speaker can be your radio to say, hey, Google, or hey, Alexa, or hey, Siri, uh, play Our Auto Expert radio show. And all the previous episodes of the podcast are available. Hours of endless fun. Uh, I'm Nick Miles from Our Auto Expert, and Jen, Truck Girl Jen, is here. This is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily, Jen. I'm just going to check all my phones now, because usually when I say any of that, my phone's got, oh, oh Google did, but Siri didn't, um, because I had a under the table. Uh, you have a friend that's looking for, uh, or you have a listener friend who's looking mm-hmm. for a brand new SUV. But there small are some SUV. criteria. Yeah. Right? All wheel drive is preferred and it just needs to be small. She doesn't want anything really big. Just so let's address that first the all wheel drive thing. Mm-hmm. If you want all wheel drive as something you'd like to have and you don't get it, you will spend the rest of your time regretting you didn't Correct. get it. Correct. So what ends up happening, although all wheel drive pushes the price up, and it's more expensive with all-wheel drive, do not cancel this out because of price because you will spend every snow day or crappy day or rainy day that you want to drive outside and you wish you had all-wheel drive regretting you didn't buy an all-wheel drive vehicle. Correct. So regret is massive with people that get <laughs> two-wheel drive instead of all-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the next thing she's looking for. So that's basically it. That was the big criteria that she had. Well, there's so, price and yeah, size, well, That's why right? I said, yeah, small SUV with all-wheel drive. Roughly, you know, around under 25 if possible. So I told her I'd bring this to you. Yes. And we would go through all the cars in her range and kind of sort through what would be her best value. Now, she likes what? She's really liking the Kona. Okay. Kona's a beautiful vehicle. It's really good looking. It's amazing. But if you put add-ons in the Kona, it does have forward uh, mitigation, collision mitigation, but that only kicks in when you get the higher trim levels. Mm-hmm. So you want to be very conscious that she may be spending closer to 27000 if she wants all the extras. Uh, it's not going to come in under twenty-five. Okay, um, That's important, too. The other thing is um, I really like the new Ford Escape. That's a really good choice. It starts at just under twenty-five. Again, when you start to add on all the things that you want in that vehicle, it's going to be higher. Kia Sportage comes in just under 24 starting price really good buy but i have to tell you when i look at all the information here and what would i put in what would i do out of this price i really do like hyundai and kia toyota is going to re have a great resale value and amazing reliability but uh, there are, of course, things like the Nissan Kicks that you can look at starting at around $19,000. Now, does the Kicks comes with all-wheel drive? The Kicks, uh, I'd have to check, actually. I don't know off the top of my I head. I know. That's one thing I was trying to fi- find out. Uh, you could go build it. Uh, the Hyundai Tucson, a great choice. The VW Tiguan, a great choice. But again, we're, we're already getting in around the 25000 mark. Mm-hmm. The one vehicle I would buy, if I was looking at this, the, let's say for, for my... I'm looking at my dad getting it in, is the Subaru Forester. And there's a good reason why the Subaru Forester is a good choice. is because it comes standard with a boxer engine, low center of gravity, symmetrical all-wheel drive, packed with safety systems. 
and that things like the eyesight system in there is really good and it does things like it'll warn you if the traffic in front of you pulls away so if you're sitting at a light and you look down at your phone or you're not paying attention the car in front of you pulls away it'll let you know the car in front of you is pulled yeah, you away. said this the forester yeah yeah but that starts at 20 almost 25 starting it starts at 24 495 right so by the time you've got delivery and everything in there. And we get true. taxes in Washington. But you're, most of these vehicles, now, if you want to refine your search and you want to look at vehicles under $20,000, it might be a better choice to do. And I'll tell you why. Because at that point, then you can start saying, well, I want the top of the range for those vehicles uh, under $20,000. There are a bunch of them in that group uh, that's really good. I would say the Seltos, Kia Seltos, is a great choice. And the reason the Seltos is a great choice is I think it starts about 23. By the time you get up there and add in and that you know all the things you want, you'll be closer to 25. So those are things to sort of consider. So if you're considering I want this, that, and the other, I might tell you to go out and look at something that starts at twenty thousand dollars and mm -hmm. then add in all the extras um, and it's always hard to do now there are also a deals going on right now where you can get discount you can get cash back you know uh, jeep is offering cash back on all of their vehicles so the compass uh which i think is a good choice yeah i like uh, the compass that's if it fine. starts around twenty three twenty four thousand you get a you get one that's like twenty eight they're offering cash back of around three thousand dollars on some of these vehicles and that's the one we went off-roading with and i got on two wheels <laughs> right so uh there are there are really really good opportunities to get into some of these vehicles uh for decent prices best suvs under twenty thousand dollars you gotta make sure you include um getting into them for a, a price of around $20,000 and then by the time you've added the extras all-wheel drive it, it's important to add that in so then you get down to things like the Ford EcoSport you get down to things like the Fiat 500X by the way the Fiat 500X is actually a good vehicle um, the X I would buy this vehicle uh, the off-roading capability and you can get huge discounts on them. they start at under $20,000 by the time you've added all the things in and of course it comes with all-wheel drive by the time you've added all the things in there that you want the Jeep Renegade that starts at $18,445 um, but by the time you've loaded it up and put mm -hmm. all the things on it that you want you're gonna be closer to 25 Nissan Kicks starts at $17,990 what about did you say the Toyota's CHR, yeah. yeah, CHR is another. It's but it's not an all-wheel drive. I think oh. this only comes in uh, two wheels. I have to go check. I think the um, Renegade's adorable. It is, and the Fiat 500X, the Renegade, they are again good choices uh, to do that. Hyundai Kona does start at nineteen thousand five hundred dollars, um, and it gives you a five thousand dollar margin there, so you could uh, upload it, but. Plus, it's got a really good warranty. So the two things so you know about the three-year warranty on it, right? They will pay for all servicing for three years. Right. So and the only thing you're really doing is paying for new tires if you are a spirited driver. But again, you you know, you know want to load your Kona up because some of those things like uh, braking mitigation only comes on those vehicles when they're fully loaded. Hmm. And you can build these out 
And what I can do is you can build them out at a website and then go find a dealer that perhaps has one on the lot that they're looking to shift it. I mean, car companies are doing deals right now. You yeah. can get good deals from them. And even the national deals, cashback deals, you know, Jeep doing some great cashback deals, the advertised deals, on top of those deals, you can actually get a local deal, which is even better. Well, I also noticed that a lot of them are doing first, you know, first time buyers. And this is her very first new car. So... And we might have some pull, too, with yeah. some car companies. When so she she's she's going to get a good choice out of those. Uh, but there are some of the brands I named. I, again, I would be going for a Forester. She could also consider a year lease return on vehicles because they drop in the first year. And so she could have a vehicle that has, you know, less than 12000 on on the clock. You could also look at some of the rental companies, too. Rental returns. They are fairly cheap as well. All right, stand by. When we come back, we're going to talk about lifestyle rentals of RVs this summer. RVs going crazy as people try to get out of town but not fly. That's coming up on Our Auto Expert. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. Locally created, now she's celebrating from the northwest to the southeast. This is America's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smart speaker, or on smartphone. This is our auto expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl Jen. And joining us on the phone, Mike Cordell. Cordell, Cordell, uh, Mike, nobody seems to know how to pronounce your last name. Nobody. Supposed <laughs> to be that way. Nobody. I don't even know how to pronounce it. I get very confused in saying my own last name, so I just go with the flow. Yeah. Oh, good. That's cool because uh, often I get called Nike too. Nike. I, yeah. Oh, that's people, cute. People, I, call, <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. I can tell you this though that my last name, if you add an O to the end, so you just add that O onto the end, it's then pronounced Cadillo, and that in in Spanish Cadillo means the leader. Oh, oh good. But it's worth. I, I am. I am now your leader. Good. Well, we're all lemmings. Just lead away <laughs> wherever we need to go. Uh, Mike, you have had some uh, RVs parked in your driveway uh, recently because you've been looking at RVing for the summer. This is the new hot American trend thanks to coronavirus, right? Well, there are very few things that I think we can thank to the coronavirus. I think one is being able to stay home with your family and spend a little bit more quality time. And two is what are people now doing? Post-coronavirus, now that many states are into phase one, phase two, and now in many cases phase three, like here in Tennessee, we go phase three on Monday, people want to be able to get away, but they want to be able to socially distance themselves from others. So what better way to do that than in the RV industry? And right now the numbers are speaking incredible volumes about what's happening in an industry that is normally relatively flat. So right now you're looking at numbers on the sales side anywhere from 70% up to 350% increase. And then on the uh, rental side, you're seeing anywhere from 300 to 650% increase on the, on the rental side. So people are looking to get away. What do we need to know before we head out to plan an RV vacation this summer? I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm not a big RV. I've never done it. I probably should have done with five dogs. It makes the perfect vacation. But I usually like to get on a plane and go somewhere that has long, stretched, sunny, sandy beaches. By the way, you're not going to find that anywhere within driving distance. So, I mean, you might find them sunny on occasions, but they're not they're not the water. You can't get into the water in the northwest. You cannot get into the water. It's too Burr. cold. So we have to go south. Uh, so what should we know before we uh, go grab an RV, or how should we grab an RV? I mean, how does it all work? You? Yeah, how can you? Good questions. So, so the thing is, I, it's really easy to communicate first to everyone that, 
getting into an RV is super simple. You, you think it's a big daunting trailer and, and motor home. And you, there are things that you have to change in your mindset, how to do it. Um, but if you want to learn about them, so class, there's all these different options, right? You have a class A, a class B, and a class B RV. And then you have a travel trailer as well. So the, the class A, class B, and class D, those are all with motors. And then you have travel trailers. And if you have a travel trailer, that travel trailer is something you tow behind a vehicle. So for, for me, and we always recommend, you know, the Swiss Army Knife, the Kelly Blue Book in the auto industry where you go for vehicle information. The RV industry, you go to uh, GoRVing.com. That's like the best site for people to go to because it's like it's the Swiss Army Knife. It gives you so many different options on how to learn about RVing. What do you do with a gray tank? What do you do with a black tank? Plan out your trips. So it gives you tasks and checklists on things that you can do. I have talked to Alan Taylor about the gray tank and the black tank, and I want nothing to do with any of them. Can you pay somebody to take care of them, please? <laughs> well, that's the easy part, right? Is that at every campsite, it's really you just connect it and you're done. It's very easy to do. And that's what you're just trying to communicate. I've been RVing my, my whole life. The very first vehicle I had was a Volkswagen Westphalia, and now I've moved into a Class A and, and a travel trailer, and it's just a lot of fun. Uh, I always thought I wanted a Class B, which is, you know, you'd think you'd go big, big, um, medium, big, biggest, but it doesn't, <laughs> does it? So Class A's can be bigger than a Class B. So the Class A, kind of, you, yeah, so the Class A's, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, Nick, they're amazing. And with all the dogs that you have, you want a Class A because it's just big and everybody can spread out and the dogs can have their own spot and you're not tripping over anybody or anything. That's what makes them great is they're just so big. But you have limitations. So you have certain lengths of uh, Class A's. I had a 34-foot in the state of California. You can't get into a lot of parks on the ocean if it's longer than 35 feet. So you just have to be conscious of that. Travel trailers are great because you can pull into a campsite, back in, disconnect, and go drive around town. So it makes it super easy for people to do. And that's what everyone's renting. So you can rent a travel trailer right now for anywhere between 55 and up for Class C's, which are the ones that have the bunk over the front of the, the driving area. You yeah. can rent those for about 100 bucks a night. I, I like the Class I mean, I'm looking more at the Class C. So 21 to 31, 35 feet, uh, start around 43,000 up to 200,000, which, you know, is, is a big range. Uh, but I like the idea of an RV versus a trailer because my significant other would want to sit in the back and watch movies and play on the computers and take care of the dogs uh, while we were driving. You can't really do that in the trailer. That's the downsize is you're in a truck or in a, an SUV uh, pulling the trailer and you can only really utilize the trailer at night or when you're parked, right? You can't travel in it while you're towing it. Right. And that's so you have to think about it a couple different ways. You're literally taking your home on the road. So those amenities that you count on in your home, if you really want those for the road, you have to kind of equate that. You have to put that into the equation of what it is that you want to buy. So a Class B is great, especially if you kind of want to keep it minimalist in, in process, uh, still have some of the creature comforts that you want, like having electric hookups and having uh, water that can be you know piped in through the side when you pull into a campsite. Those are all great, but they're very small. So having a Class A gives you that functionality. Having a travel trailer also gives you the functionality. One of the things that we're seeing and why the reason the numbers are so high is that people are not only doing it from a vacation standpoint, that's what you normally would think, but people are now working from the road. So they're getting hot spots and they're taking them out on the road, uh, a MiFi device, and, and they're going out there and they're using it to actually do work from a campsite because everyone's now working from home. 
I might never come home, by the way, if I uh, if I did that. How do you find somewhere to camp, and when you get there, how do you not look like an idiot? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so I always tell everybody, well, first off, in your case, Nick, I, I think you're stuck no matter what. Yeah, I know. You're going to look like folks I'm regardless just... of what happens. But it, it's all about planning. You know, the whole proper planning prevents piss poor performance. It's really the truth. When you get a trailer, you get a motorhome, park it in your driveway, camp in it for two nights at home. You're going to learn very quickly the things that you need that you don't have. So don't jump out on the road and start doing it without practice. If you have a trailer, take two cones, go to an open parking lot, and try and back up multiple times to get into that parking spot. You have to be able to, to be able to function when you're out there on the road. And that's, that's what people need to think about is that don't get to the campsite and make a fool of yourself because you haven't practiced. There's a lot of stress when you get to a campsite. You got people looking, everybody's sipping on their wine while you're trying to back in, and then you're hitting things. So slow down, practice before you go, and you'll be fantastic. So that's probably a good reason to start with something that's, you know, around 25 feet or so, uh, because most, most people can drive something like that fairly easily. It doesn't take much work. And then when you, is there a class that you take on how to hook it up and where things go? Or is there a manual? Or how do you find, do, does a guy show you when he, when you rent it, how, how to work it? Negative Ghost Rider, the pattern is full. Um, <laughs> When you rent one, they're going to hook it up to your vehicle for you and give you the do's and don'ts. And when you buy one, they're going to give you the, the proper do's and don'ts because every trailer has a little bit different functionality to it. So they're going to give you those things on site, and then you need to practice them. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've taken a trailer and put it on and off the bumper of, of my truck, you know, whether in a campsite or moving around on, you know, throughout town to like to get things loaded in it. You just need to practice those kinds of things. And I always keep blocks in there. You know, there's a whole list of things that you want to keep in there so that you can, you know, really enjoy your experience once you get to your campsite. I'm sure there's YouTube classes on how to do things with RVs and how to hook them up when you get to a campsite. I mean, you know, where the what the gray water looks like, where it is, and those sort of things. Or at least if you go to GoRVing.com or you go rent one of these things, uh, you know, how I'm sure they'll they'll walk that through, walk you through those sort of things if you go rent one, right? That website has everything. It really has everything for the beginner and the most advanced uh, person that wants to get into the world of recreational vehicles. It has all that detailed stuff in there, and that's what's great about it. it all, they also have a partnership with KOA, Campgrounds of America. There are more than 500 KOAs across the country, and when we moved uh, a year ago from California to Tennessee, we stayed at KOAs along the way because you always know what you're going to get. They're going to be clean. They're usually going to have some kind of kind of food source there, so there's usually a small restaurant. Full hookups, so you get water, electric, and sewage. Those are key things, especially when you have kids. You want to be able to shower them off after running around a, a park. You have the ability to do all that when you have a functional camping site that has all of those amenities like a KOA. All right, where are you going this summer in your RV? So we are we are here in Nashville. We have a lot to explore here. We've had this one in our driveway now for a few weeks. It's the Keystone Outback. Um, and we're thinking about doing the Florida run. So we've never done that before. So we're thinking about taking uh, the, the trailer and going down to Florida to explore Pensacola and kind of some of the panhandle areas that we haven't checked out yet. Pensacola is nice. Stay towards Gulf Breeze. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> Jen. Yeah. We're going to be staying here, though. We're going to be staying here. You were talking about the cold water uh, in the northwest at the very beginning. So uh, you guys have heard me talk about the fact that we're now on Old Hickory Lake. And as I'm on talking to you guys right now, I'm literally looking out the window at 50 boats on the water and people floating on lily pads and 
getting towed around on tubes. It's kind of the, when the summer is here, people are on the water and they're skiing. I've already wakeboarded today, wake surfed today, and skied today. That's no so no, no one wants guys. to hear how much fun it's you're so having. It's so not nice when it's, it's raining uh, here. It's raining today. outside the studio. <laughs> I'm uh, on vacation this weekend. Uh, every weekend. Uh, if you want to see some of Mike's uh, <laughs> tours around different, uh, or around the RV that's in his driveway, just go to OurAutoExpert.com. The videos are up there. Uh, Mike, thanks very much. We'll go to Go RVing, and I think uh, now sort of settled on a Type C seems to be the right size, uh, especially for us. I'm I'm seriously thinking about, uh, it's a great way to get out with the dogs, by the way. Uh, Mike Cordell, part of Our Auto Expert, and his videos are online. Go see them at OurAutoExpert.com. Stand by. More on the show coming up. We're going to find out about some new cars. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. All right, you can catch up with previous episodes of the show by going to OurAutoExpert.com. You can hear the past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. We had the opportunity to see a brand new vehicle unveiled recently. <clears throat> it's uh, It's been something that I know everybody at the company is extremely excited about. And joining us on the phone to talk about the brand new Nissan Rogue is Janelle Grigsby. Janelle, uh, thank you for giving up part of your weekend to talk to us about this. Uh, quite a bold new design on this vehicle. Well, thank you for having Nissan on. We are excited to join you. Everything is new for Rogue. From the all-new platform up, new technology for safety, connectivity, new powertrain, new rear multi-link suspension, new steering system, new vehicle motion control technology, new interior, exterior designs. A platinum grade level has been added, and we have an all-new attitude. Wow. <laughs> well, wow. Well, that's it. Well, thanks for joining us. <laughs> I don't know what's You go, girl. You got, you got it covered. I have lots of energy. I take coffee. And, um, yeah, we have an all-new platform and design with enhanced driving dynamics, a range of available driver assistance. Horsepower is up 10% with fuel economy up 4% and torque up 3%. Um, our new tech includes available ProPilot Assist, which has been enhanced, four-door multi-key link which is cool because you can open the back door now with the key fob which is super nice. important in any parking lot when your hands are full and you have other things on your mind and you're like can this door just please open and yes. now it will so i'm pretty excited <laughs> that sometimes annoys me when you can't do that and you have a whole bunch of, you're trying to put stuff in the back seat um, it's always very very uh, uh, useful to be able to do that as well uh, tell me about the interior because I'm looking at pictures of this interior and uh, one of the things is right now I'm driving the Murano, mm -hmm. which is really nice to have. I will tell you, the Murano has lots of really great features, but the one thing that Jen and I both agree on, <laughs> and normally we do, we agree on very little, exactly. one thing is the light-colored Japanese wood that you have on the inside of the Murano. I'm a big fan of this sort of Asian, Japanese, Korean, very simplistic white wood, light-colored interiors. Uh, but looking at the new Rogue, it looks like that the interior got very plush. Uh, lots of things like patterns in the seats and light colored double, you know, like tan and black and tan on the inside. So the interior got quite a refresh, didn't it? Oh, for sure. The interior is all new and it offers our quote unquote family hub utility. So it has a new premium look and feel and key features are heated front and rear seats. We have a two-position driver memory seat, 
available intelligent around view monitor, which is super cool and really helpful in parking lots. <laughs> um, available wireless Apple CarPlay, which is new, 10 Bose speakers, zero gravity seats in the front and the rear, um, three color interiors, charcoal, almond, and tan. I mean, you name it. And they kept my favorite feature, the divide and hide for the interior, which is super amazing. I mean, I have more junk in my trunk than I care to admit to. And I deck that thing out. Like I have it in multi-level. It's really accessible. I have something like literally strapped down to the top level. So you can get, a, trust me, you can get a lot of stuff in that divide and hide. Um, plus there's a new favorite which is a space in the trunk that's big enough to hold a gallon of milk or water without tipping over. Nice. And it's really cool because it came from one of our female designers who was about, I believe she was, she says super pregnant. I don't know what that means, but she was super (laughs) pregnant. She had a craving for milk, ran to the store, got her ice cold milk, put it in the trunk of her car, took a corner, apparently a little faster than she had anticipated from what I've been told. And the milk went over and broke in her trunk. So she said, this is not going to happen again. And hence this new compartment in the trunk, which is designed specifically for a gallon of milk or water. I have the similar story to that, except by wasn't super pregnant and it wasn't milk. It was two two bottles of gin. (laughs) (laughs) And they hit together and went, in the back and then you had to have the vehicle back smelling of gin but that's a whole different story uh so obviously thoughtful design through somebody uh who actually had a real world problem and then fixed it as well uh the exterior design janelle is exciting because it got very sort of rough ready and beefy as well squared up an awful lot is this the new look of of sort of nissan's going for it still has the v-motion grill but the sort of the new the look lights. of Nissan's, yeah beautiful really good. well we're excited i mean the exterior reflects the real spirit of the vehicle it's versatile fun a little edgy a little adventurous and always rogue it adopts, as you mentioned, the um, Nissan B-Motion grille by adding exciting new features such as the unique headlight shape and U-shaped body side headlights. And the body side headlights impart a highly sculptural presence while creating a smooth, unbroken visual feel from the front to the rear, which is really cool and makes it look very edgy. Uh, go on, Jen. She's putting oh, her hand up to yeah, ask Yeah, I'm like, me, me, me. I really enjoy the new head-up display. The picture that they show here. That is awesome. For sure. It's super cool. There are so many enhancements. I love the wireless um, Apple CarPlay that's coming, and I also love the wireless charging, which is really helpful now. They've done so much, so many thoughtful improvements to this vehicle to make it really user-friendly. And now, as we're all spending so much time in our cars, and I just don't mean going places, but I mean as you're waiting in parking lots, like I've been waiting in the parking lot for my dog to come out of the bed and we're spending a lot more time waiting in our vehicle. So these, you know, small improvements and little touches are going to mean a lot. When are we going to be able to drive this? It will be in dealerships fall of this year and you can check out Nissan USA for more details. And don't forget the NASA seats. Oh yeah. One of my favorites. We got in the Murano today, and Jen was saying she'd been waiting all day to get in the NASA seats. Yes. 
It was, it was only <laughs> eight eight thirty in the morning, but she still had a very sore backside. I'm not, I'm not even going there. I'm not sure why. <laughs> no, uh, I said uh, all most vehicles that we test drive, the seats are so uncomfortable. Yes. But never in a Nissan. No, you like you said you've been waiting all day to sit in the mm -hmm. Nissan so your backside could feel better. <laughs> That's what she said. Those were her exact words. Janelle, uh, thank you for taking part of your weekend out. We look forward to the brand new Rogue uh, showing up at dealerships very soon. We'll get pricing and other information, including uh, more information about some of the cool tech that's coming, a full 12.3-inch digital dashboard, which I'm excited about because mm -hmm. I like anything that has the word digital in it. All right, stand by. We're going to check in with Anton Warman <laughs> and more coming up on our Auto Expert. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. This is our auto expert. Uh, you can find our auto expert on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and of course on all the social media platforms. Start a conversation with us, ask questions, just direct messages at our auto expert. And our auto expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. O U R A U T O E X P E R T. Joining us on the phone, as he does every week, Anton Wallman. He's an independent analyst and investor. You can read a majority of his stuff at seekingalpha.com and the street. So Anton, business-wise in the automotive industry, uh, Nikola, uh, which is sort of named after Nikola Tesla, I believe, is looking at getting its Badger truck in, on the roads in partnership with a major U.S. automaker. That's right. So the Badger uh, pickup truck is going to come in multiple versions. The main delineation is that there will be a battery electric version as well as one that will be a hybrid battery and uh, hydrogen fuel cell for a much, much longer range. The prices will start from about 60000 for the battery electric only vehicle, the lowest uh, capacity version thereof, and it will start uh, up as high as 90000 for the one that includes hydrogen tanks that will have a stated range, they claim at this point, of uh, 600 miles or more. And the interesting part here is that they claim that they are on the verge of a partnership for manufacturing purposes with one of the major automakers and that they're going to announce this uh, no later than the end of the third quarter. So everybody is on pins and needles now as to who this might be. Do we have any guesses, any educated guesses? Well, seeing as they're in hydrogen and if, you know, Toyota of course, has um, a presence in hydrogen for cars as well as for semi-trucks where they're testing uh, some vehicles and have been for a couple of years. Um, maybe uh, maybe Toyota is not a, such a crazy assumption after all, but uh, really um, you know, that's for the purposes of being strategic uh, when it comes to uh, hydrogen fuel cells, but uh, Toyota doesn't really have any open manufacturing capacity that I know of in North America, so that doesn't seem to be fitting either. So there has to be really somebody who has uh, an open factory somewhere where you can actually make this thing. All right. I guess uh, we'll probably, when, when we expect this sort of news, in the next couple of weeks or a couple of months, how far out? They basically said uh, before the end of the third quarter, so basically in the next 100 days. All right, looking forward to that. Tesla postponing the annual meeting by at least a month. Is this something they're claiming to COVID? Uh, yes. Basically, last night, uh, Elon Musk said on Twitter that, oh, gosh, we can't really uh, hold uh, a meeting in California. They typically hold this thing in Mountain View at the Computer History Museum, which is essentially across the street from the Google headquarters. 
And because they can't hold that in person with more than 250 people, then, oh gosh, we have to postpone this thing by at least a month. Now, in the meantime, almost all companies, automakers or not, have held their annual meetings perfectly on time. Uh, they've just done so virtually, and they haven't had any people in person. But, of course, uh, Tesla says that they can't do that. So uh, this is the reason they claim. Now, of course, the institutional shareholder advisory services that advise shareholders of, on how to vote uh, have all proposed that the chairman of the board of Tesla, her name is Robin Denholm, not be reelected. And this may be the cause of some friction, among other things, that uh, they probably just didn't want to have that debate any sooner than they could get away with. That would be my guess. All right. Maybe people have forgotten about it. Uh, Tesla sales numbers in Europe to reach a record low in the second quarter. Yeah, so this is to some extent not surprising, right? Because they've had their factory was shut down for about seven or so weeks at least. So they've had the Tesla's inventories in Europe are very, very low. The first cars just started unloading from the boats here earlier this week, and we haven't seen them shown up in, in the registrations anywhere in Europe. Uh, in the countries where we do get daily registration data, uh, so places like uh, Netherlands, Spain, and Norway, the numbers essentially round to zero. Uh, as of yesterday, they, I think they had sold this month three Model 3 cars, 20 in Norway, 20 of them in the Netherlands, and uh, under 20 of them in Spain as well. So the numbers are ultra-tiny. Uh, if you add these con- countries combined, it should be a uh, nearest round number is almost 10,000 units. So now they're selling less than 100. So they're down by about 99% so far. And, uh, you know, I think that unless they manage to unload uh, far higher quantities than we are aware of and sell them in countries that haven't reported uh, daily data yet, such as the United Kingdom and Germany, uh, they're going to have a huge shortfall in Europe uh, this quarter. All right, let's talk uh, VW. Yesterday unveiled a new Arteon, a facelifted Arteon. They also have shown pictures of the ID4, but the ID3 is on a delay again because of software problems. Yeah, that's right. So manufacturing of the ID3, think of this as the all-electric golf that isn't based on the golf, but rather an all-new platform that supports nothing but pure electric vehicles. No hybrids, no plug-in hybrids, nothing else. Um, Production of this vehicle started physically at the beginning of November last year, and they've made now tens of thousands of units, but they can't deliver them to customers yet because the software is not ready because they're having simply, you know, execution problems. And, of course, all the other vehicles that are built on this platform, including the ID4 crossover that is supposed to arrive in the U.S. by the end of February next year, as well as a Fiat model for Europe, a Skoda model for Europe, and the Audi Q4 e-tron, which is also scheduled to arrive in the U.S. roughly at the end of February next year. If that software doesn't work for the ID3, it won't work for the other vehicles either. So. Uh, Volkswagen really has to get this thing going. They're way overdue, many, many months now. And uh, you have to wonder uh, who's going to take responsibility for this tonight. All right. Well, hopefully it's, it's going to be solved as soon as possible because it's quite detrimental to the company's income, of course, if they can't get their new models out there. How are we looking on some of the other new models coming stateside? I know Mercedes had a delay in their EQC uh, purely because European demand was so high. But with COVID-19, is that demand still going on? And are other electric vehicles still on schedule for arriving in the United States? Yeah, so the Mercedes case was pretty simple. Um, basically, they uh, felt that 
the, for regulatory purposes, they were able to meet the U.S. regulatory requirements uh, without delivering it here, and instead focusing on where they really needed to deliver every single unit, which was uh, Europe. And uh, if you go country by country in Europe, the uh, Mercedes BQC is handily outselling the Tesla Model S, the Tesla Model X combined by multiple. So even though the absolute level of numbers there are still sort of small, they're certainly bigger than their major incumbent competitor, which if you had asked anybody a year or two ago that will Mercedes first all-electric car outsell Tesla Model X and S combined, many people would have laughed at you, but certainly Mercedes did very well there. Other vehicles have seen some delays or been canceled outright for U.S. purposes, like the BMW iX3, which is the direct head-to-head competitor with the Mercedes EQC. Uh, they felt that we wouldn't have a range that would be much above 200 miles. And again, the demand for that vehicle is so high, not just in Europe, but also in China, where that BMW actually is made and production has basically started in the last few weeks, uh, that they didn't really need uh, to deliver that to the United States at all. I noticed in my Facebook feed a pop-up of a historical post I'd made from Autodromo in Portugal when we drove the I-Pace not so long ago. Uh, Is the I-Pace still selling from Jaguar, or is it sort of a little old in the tooth now? So in the automobile world, as in politics, everything is relative. So it all depends on the object of comparison. Uh, The I-Pace in Europe has been vastly overshadowed by the Audi e-tron, which is outselling it by many, many multiples. However, compared to most other all-electric cars, it's doing quite well. So it's also outselling Tesla Model S and Model X. It's roughly performing on par with the Mercedes EQC. And I think that for Jaguar, that's a pretty good result. I mean, if you compare it to the disaster that is uh, Jaguar Land Rover sales numbers for almost all of their other models right now, the I-Pace is actually holding up reasonably well. So uh, I would say the model has been more of a success than not, in my opinion. I mean, it still uh, does several things that uh, other cars can't in that class. One of them is Ford Water. Not that that's why somebody buys it, but it still was sort of uh, an an iconic uh, brand for them. But ultimately, uh, are they going to pursue electrifying other vehicles in the Jaguar Land Rover brand? Or was this just sort of the the one-off, maybe the single vehicle that uh, is their only electric platform? No, it's not a one-off at all. The next one will be the XJ, and they're really uh, refining the platform into something that really can be described as an all-new platform that'll start with the XJ and make itself through eventually a a Land Rover, Range Rover model as well, as well as a few others that will be coming later, closer to the end of 2023. So absolutely not. This was not a one-off. Jaguar and Land Rover will have multiple models based on this new platform, and we will see this new XJ sedan next year in 2021 when it goes into production. So uh, that is definitely the path that they decided on about four or five years ago, and they haven't diverged from that at all. But, uh, of course, the company is losing money, and they need to raise more money, and they will have to cancel some projects. Maybe the uh, internal combustion engine versions will be canceled, or maybe they will pair back on the all-electric ones. My hunch is that they will go deeper into electric at this point and uh, cut back on some of the uh, older legacy uh, nameplates and stuff. And interestingly enough, I uh, I just got my email say prepare to order your Ford Mark E. So it looks like uh, they're getting ready to start uh, production of that vehicle, and they're asking us to get ready to spec it out. So that should be in the market in the next six months or so. Yeah, but before then, don't forget that the, perhaps the 
most important one that's coming in the near term, and that's the Polestar 2. Yep. Delivers in China are starting right now this week or next, and then in Europe they'll start in about a month from now, and then the first units start appearing on U.S. soil in the beginning of August, and uh, first deliveries here in the U.S. in Los Angeles and San Francisco and Seattle will start to take place either at the very end of August or first week of September. So yep. the Polestar 2 is sort of like a uh, Ford Mach-E, except it uh, arrives uh, sooner. All right, Anton Wallman, independent analyst and investor the street and seeking alpha is where you can read his stuff. Coming up next, we'll talk to Ford about that marquee. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Your smart CB speaker, by the way, can be your radio. Just say, hey, Google, hey, Alexa, or hey, Siri, play our auto expert radio show. And all previous episodes of the show, the podcast, are available. Hours of endless fun for you and the whole family. I'm Nick Miles, along with truck girl Jen. This is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily at ourautoexpert.com. In my email box is an email from Ford which says, be prepared, get ready to build out your new Mark E. Um, I am getting ready to build out my Mark E since I was on the pre-order list, but uh, Ford, wait, what? Did you pick a color yet? No. Well, you, you have to read it carefully. Uh-huh. Because the new color's not available on the first ones. Oh. See? What? No. Well, we need to find out all about it. Well, and it's numbered, right? What's my, oh, yeah. I got one of the first, uh, the first the special edition of Thousands. Lisa Teed <laughs> is joining us from Mustang Mark E from Ford Marketing. Uh, listen, Lisa. Where, so there's two new huh? colors. I'm excited about this because uh, uh, originally there was I mean, there was only like five colors available, and now you added two more. Right. Well, actually, it depends on what you ordered. So with the all new Mustang Maki, we actually have eight colors available at the onset. But if you're ordering a Mustang Maki GT, we have two new colors, which is the cyber orange and the matter gray, which are exclusive to the GT only. Don't judge me. Don't judge me, Lisa, but I did reserve two. <laughs> I reserved oh. I reserved one of the first editions and I reserved a GT. Um, okay. and, and already my boss has told me he wants my first edition and he's ordering it from me. So <laughs> he wants to buy it from well, me. fantastic. Yeah, so I'll, I'll probably drive the first edition, do a few reviews, sell it to my boss, and then I'll wait for my GT. <laughs> that's how that's going to go. <laughs> I, I think you're very strategic but wise. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I figured it was only $500 down payment, and uh, it was fully refundable, so what have I got to lose? I mean, my, my, you know, I could keep, keep the money in my savings bond, or I could I could put it down on a new GT. Uh, so these the orange color specifically has history with Ford, doesn't it? Yeah, we, we have, um, well, if you are a Mustang lover out there, you know that Mustang traditionally has unique colors um, that we either have a historical and then we bring it back into its current time or we just have them exclusive to Mustang. So cyber orange has been a fan favorite for a while and we thought it would be appropriate for it to be um, available for Mustang Maki GT uh, future owners. And so that's why we brought it back. Um, but if you're not so much into orange, there's also this beautiful rapid red metallic, right. which is a tinted Clear coat, which I'm curious, what color did you order on but, your both, first edition? Both of them were three colors. Yeah, both of them were red, the GT and the first edition. I ordered the red. Okay. 
but but I don't know if I can get to change that because it says get ready to complete yes. your order. So I presume I can change. Absolutely. Yeah. So we want all customers to know at the time that we accepted their reservation, we wanted them to start to you know imagine what it's going to be like, and they could select. But at the time of placing your order, you absolutely can go in and make any adjustments you want. But when you place the order, we're asking for your final decision, obviously, at that right. point. And we're going to be asking for final decisions coming up right around the corner here for the first series of vehicles being built, which would be the first editions, um, which I know you already have reservations. So we only ask that when we ask you for your order for first edition, you're going to have to pick between one of three colors, right? which will be grab or blue metallic, rapid red metallic, or the star white metallic tricoat. Black and red. I, I chose the red. Oh, I chose the red. And it's a beautiful color. It really is. Yeah, I mean, so to I me, it was the, it was the most striking when I saw it uh, in L.A. when you did the unveiling around the L.A. Auto Show. Uh, uh, that was the most striking to me when I, you know, mm-hmm. it just, just looks so nice. Although I do like it in white a lot. Um, I, I don't think there is a bad color. On the L.A. Uh, Auto Show floor, there was several different colors I hadn't seen on the evening of the release. So uh, I will say I'm looking at the historical pictures here and the 1977 Orange Mustang. I mm-hmm. have a really hard time calling that orange. It looks very brown to me. Uh, I know it was probably called an orange color, uh, but they, it looks like these different orange colors, and it might be just my monitor here, the different orange colors v- really spoke to that area of the vehicle, 65, 77, 78, and 1980. Uh, they all have very different looks to them, and uh, they make the car stand out. It's like a burnt orange color. You're talking about the 77? 77. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an interesting color. Uh, what else uh, is going to happen between now and the GT launch? Is there more things that we're going to have to choose from? Is there more secrets that you're hiding, Lisa? Um, yes, there actually <laughs> is. So um, not that I'm trying to be coy. And well, you should be. You don't want to get in too much trouble with your bosses. Right. Yeah, right. But I will I will give you confirmation that there will be more, more choices. Um, you're going to, and again... What we want you to know is that after we tell you what those choices are, when you finally place your order, you will have the entire suite of options in front of you so that you can finalize what that decision is. But there will be more news coming uh, later this year specific to the performance and some additional options available on the GT only. Um, So keep your interest peaked, obviously, um, so we can give you the best of what Ford can offer um, as we're continuously developing this vehicle. Now, as we get closer, right? As we get closer, the the first editions, the, you ended those pre-orders fairly early mm-hmm. because uh, you wanted to make a specific number for those people who had a unique, uh, very first edition, and that was it. Uh, but there are right. still other vehicles open for ordering, and if you want a GT, you can still put your deposit down on the GT. You'll just be wherever you are on the list, right? So um, just to keep it kind of clean and simple, so for the first edition, we did have a limited production run, and we are sold out on those. And when we ask for your final dis- uh, order for the first edition, it's really probably only deciding between the color and in truth. And if you choose a certain color, which will impact your interior color as well, because there's special top stitching for those via- uh, on those seat trims that go with the, either the grab blue, the, the star white, or the rapid red. But other than that, if you don't need to choose or change your colors, we'll just take your order as is when you confirm and approve it, and you'll be ready to go. And we are going to be laying those in the production first and get those to the customers as quick as we can. Uh, We are still continuing to take uh, reservations for non-first edition, but as soon as we open um, taking orders, we're going to stop taking reservations altogether. And then people could order directly, 
but they will be in line behind the reservationists regardless. So reservationists will always take preference preference or press precedence over anyone. Right. And then for GTs, we're going to continue to collect reservations for GTs until we start producing those, and it'll follow under the same suit. Reservationists I, always take number one priority, and then we'll we'll lay in the orders following that. I will so it's also. Not like we're trying to keep people out. It's just a matter of priority. No, I get it. Really what we're trying to protect for. First come, first serve. You know, if you're willing to put your uh, your money down, then you get it early. I will tell you, mm-hmm. and I should mention this to everybody, make sure you read the fine print when you order this because you cannot go sell your place in line. It's not allowed for don't you allow you to do that. So you have to take delivery of the, uh, the vehicle or cancel your reservation. And then you could obviously, when you deliver the car, you purchased it, then you can do what you want with it. Then it's up to you. But you cannot sell your place mm-hmm. in line, which I I think was a, a very good thing and i have had plenty of dealers calling me uh to see if i would sell my place in line and i do mention that to them. really yes then they go away then they go even even <laughs> some non-ford dealers uh lisa thanks for taking some time out and join us on the show if you want to in, go there to the website and reserve your gt go to ford.com and go to ourautoexpert.com to listen to previous episodes of this show You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Mile. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response. 